Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the ALT Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Well, I am excited today. I'm going to ask Dan if he's... Are you excited, Dan? I'm fairly excited, yes. Bless you. Like the Italian in me comes out and is like, oh, this is going to be good. I'll tell you why. Because we're going to start the year right. And so we're going to start the year by looking at trends and looking at data. And somehow I'm so exciting and I'm so wild that that to me sounds like a great way to begin in the year. But I hope I'm not alone, Dan. I'm, hope, uh, I'm hoping that you're also intrigued to share with us a bit more about the social media trends coming up in 2022. Oh, definitely, it's. Uh, I think we've got a lot, a lot of um, a lot of insights into what we've uh, what we've uncovered, and yeah, I think there's some some exciting changes about to happen. So. Now, for anybody who's like Fab Dan, what are you talking about? Could you please give us? We're changing up a bit, guys. I know that you're used to slightly different sort of introduction, but I'm actually asking Dan to introduce himself, talk walker, and you know what. Why not? Also, just a bit of the social media report we're going to talk about today. Cool. So um, I'm Dan. I'm Dan, well, Dan Sievers, uh, originally from the UK. But I now live in Luxembourk and I work for a company called Talkwalker. Um, we're a consumer intelligence company. 
we specifically do consumer intelligence acceleration, which is um, basically using social uh, social insights, third-party data, various bits and pieces like that, putting it all together and turning it into intelligence that companies can use to make really strong, actionable, data-driven decisions. And as one of the things we've done is we, we do this annual social media trends report. It's actually our seventh year of doing this now. And uh, yeah, it, it really digs deep into what, what we see is going to happen in the coming year. Uh, we use a lot of social data in that to, to sort of dig into the, the story a little bit more. And we also, we, we engage a lot of influencers and industry professionals as well to, uh, to give us their insights on um, what they think will be sort of rocking the brand boat in the, uh, the coming year. I love that. And it's my second year contributing, which is always very exciting. And I genuinely, I mean, I genuinely love this because we, I was at all marketing school and with the podcast, every single week we look at what's going on on social. So I have actually a clear understanding. It doesn't come from me becoming a clairvoyant, even if it would be absolutely the coolest thing. It generally comes from me being able to see the little things that change. And so we're going to jump on and I look at some of the trends and some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, stuff that you cannot see from the actual report. So a couple of little behind the scenes. But I also wanted to say that it's interesting to see that if you are keeping track, if you are actually looking at how things are evolving, some of these trends will actually make a lot of sense. But for me, I've been really lucky that I've been able to expose myself to literally the changes in the past year. And so some of the things, obviously, what I commented on, but in general, I was like, yeah, I'm really excited. I could see that happening. I'm really excited that actually that's the direction things are going. But before we actually jump on the report, I cannot, I would be remiss than not to ask you my two icebreaker questions, even if I already broke the ice, because, you know, we need to give the crowd what they want. So I've got two questions for you. The first one, which I'm really interested in, is if you weren't doing your current job, if you weren't, you know, working at Talkwalker, what would you be doing instead, Dan? Ooh, that's a good question. I, for, for many years, I wanted to work in, in like archaeology. Um, so I was really interested in history and mainly it's sort of like um, ancient history. So the Romans, the Greeks, um, and even like like um, paleontology and that type of thing. Uh, so I was absolutely fascinated that at one point. So yeah, possibly something like that. So. Are we thinking more Indiana Jones style archaeology or thinking more about Jurassic Park as in actually in the labs or kind of looking at different things? I... I think that might be the reason why I never got there is because the way the, the, the image is like Indiana Jones, but the reality is um, a long time in fields in the cold or in the, the excessive heat and, and a lot of very, very painstaking minute work. Um, and I think that was, uh, that's the reason why that never happened. Maybe small brushes as well. I mean, I'm stereotyping. I do apologize to all the archaeologists listening, which probably there wouldn't be many, but I have this thing about imagine little brushes as well and be like, oh, how long again? So, yeah, I get that. Thank you for sharing that. Now, this is more of a question related to what you do currently. So the other question that I have for you is actually, what is the biggest piece of marketing advice you disagree with and why? Ooh, I think 
is it marketing advice or is it life advice? But the the one thing I, I, I I'm very against is this sort of what do we call it? Sort of the make it to uh, sort of fake it till you make it type of culture. The the one where you you think that it's this this sort of weird environment where it's like yeah you've got to work. 60 hours a day you've got to do this you've got to do that and you there's a certain culture of marketers where they feel like it's it's you've got to have this this entrepreneurial spirit and and it's it's like i, I don't know there's, a, there's there's a certain style of marketing that just makes me feel uncomfortable and i think it's really we we shouldn't encourage that we you shouldn't be burning yourself out trying to get these these little wins when really you can you can just be clever and more efficient and that's how i i, I think i think how you can work better like work more effectively we're big fans of that so thank you for sharing it because obviously that's all we do all marketing school whether it's hopefully the conversations that we encourage but also with the certification that we're running is really the skill sets as well as understanding social media and understanding emails and sales funnels is all great but how can we also provide marketers with better skill sets to help them also you know develop their craft but as you say also work smarter be more effective and also be happier as well because i agree there's still some misconceptions and some ideas of how marketing should be and it's interesting because that kind of ties me into the the different things that obviously the social media trends kind of revolved around. This is not what one of the trends was about, but there was, there's been an element throughout of actually listening to customers more, customer-driven decisions. And to me, it's almost like, which is bonkers because that one marketing should be hu human. Marketing is human narrowly or should be. And I think it's really showing how it's going back that way. And if it goes, when it comes to the way that we talk to customers or the way that we interact or the way that we, bring our message out i think it should be the same when it comes to the people that work in the field we should be able to appreciate that more and be more mindful about our mental well-being as you say our um, even our mindset so i love that you mentioned that yeah i th i think people are forgetting that behind these brands on any brand there are a, a people and it's very easy to be critical on social media or it's very easy to um, you, you're seeing it more and more in, in even face-to-face -face experiences. And, and I think people need to sort of lose that the, the you're, you're talking to a brand and actually you're talking to a person and we need to appreciate that. And probably in both respects as well, brands also need to think they're not talking to customers, they're talking to people. And we need that more human interaction in going in both directions. This actually like slides really well into one of the three trends that we wanted to put under the microscope because there's 10, so there's a lot. But there's three that we really all really liked, actually, which is great. And one of them is, again, going back to the customer-led campaigns and decisions and how they're shaping also another trend, which I know we mentioned before, um, especially if you check our episode with Becca, where we go through all of them together. So, yeah, we'll have a tier from you, obviously from you as you guys were looking at it and when you devising the actual reports, I believe that is a very important one and is one, of, again, it goes back to exactly what you said about the humanization and that realization. And I don't know what were some of the 
main takeaways or interesting findings from your side as you were actually spotlighting this as one of the trends? Okay, so yeah, one one thing one thing that we noticed specifically about uh, overall overall the trends, but certain elements is is how customer focused everything is now. Um, one thing that we realized this year over many of the years that we've done it before is like generally we saw different factors impacting on our trends. So technology was, was in the past, I think, I think two years ago, technology was a third of the trends were technical led. Um, and then you'll have society and then, then usually brand led changes as well. Whereas this time it felt like the power was being taken by customers. So when we started looking a bit deeper, we noticed this, this big rise in communities. And I, I don't know whether it's specifically related to COVID or if COVID was a catalyst. I think we started to see it before before COVID came about, but it became much more dominant that people started to live much more digital lives, much more online lives, building communities that because well we couldn't do it face to face so you would you'd end up in finding like-minded individuals online and then you would um, you would start using these communities to create the changes that you wanted to see. So one of the examples that I, I always pull out is there's like uh, there was this Reddit community that we saw forming, and they started buying shares. And it it, it it's almost started. I think it started originally as almost like a a, a joke or just to see what would happen, and but the more and more people that came on on board the more the people that this this community grew um it meant that it actually like disrupted the the financial market and we we suddenly saw this massive massive change in in this field as i I looked the other day and it was 24 billion shares were traded on the 27th of january um in 2021 and that was the most shares that's ever been traded in one day with the previous record being 4 billion. So it was six times as many shares share, um, shares traded. And that just shows the power that these communities are starting to, to take and, and really, really dominate things. It, it means that, that brands were losing the power. And we, we, you could see it in other aspects. I mean, crowdfunding is another big area of this. I mean, that's, that's not new, but you, again, you can start to see it. I can't think if there's a word for it, but we we started to see like these charities, like charity events or charities where people um, suddenly um, start sharing one one thing, and overnight, this you you can completely change the story of a of a, an individual or a charity or or that type of thing. And so, yeah, we we're seeing these these communities form up in, almost independently, usually across multiple channels and, and really make a difference. But then when you look, you almost flip the coin. We're also seeing that how brands are also responding to this. And um, there's like various different various different ways that brands can react. And we're, we're starting to see, and we will definitely see more of this in 2022, where, where the brands are seeing these these critical areas these communities these subtopics that that 
consumers are passionate about and the brands are going to have to deal with that. Again, I, I, there's a, a recent Ipsos Mori poll and in the UK specifically, people are more concerned about the environment than COVID or Brexit, which came as a surprise to me because I know two of those are very, very current situations. They, they, there's a lot of a lot of political and financial and social repercussions related to those. And yet the environment, which is more of a long-term concern, is, is more critical in, in consumers' minds. And so brands are going to have to understand this and react to this and, and tackle it. They, they have to be, um, I think they, they, basically they, they have the power and the capabilities to, to, to tackle these issues and should be doing it. I was looking, I was trying to find a, a few new examples as well. There's um, Lush with, is reacting to the, the bullying or the, the, the situation that they, they find on social media and they've, came, they've come off social media. Um, and that's them understanding that there's a segment of their community that feels that social media is is creating a certain environment and they don't want to be part of it. They are putting their foot into that ring and saying, no, this this has to stop. Whereas in, there's also, we're seeing the rise of brands that are there as, as part of their core and, and their origin is um, stories around sustainability. So I'd like the um, Allbirds is a good example of, of these um so like socially responsible, sustainable fashion. So it, it's really interesting to see how, yes, we're seeing customers and consumers really take over, but it means that brands, as long as they listen effectively, they can also jump in and, and make a difference as well and really start shaping the, the next year, the next 10 years even. Now I'm going to ask you a question that I think it's also is also the core of what you do and is also part of the trends and this trend in particular, but also talking about other causes and you mentioned like values and even inclusion or social impact or other very sensitive topics and fields. You said as long as brands listen correctly, and I think that's that's the big as as long as or the caveat. And um, from your perspective, especially with the work that you guys do, and I guess also within the, the trends, as you said, you do look at different case studies and you give us some fresh ones as well, as which I love the last one. I think is a really powerful one. But I was wondering, is there one thing that you can think of that brands can keep in mind when it comes to the elusive how to listen correctly or how to align themselves with something in a, for lack of a better word, authentic way? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... It is a challenge. I mean, it, 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 we, we deal with, well, this is, this is our job. This is what we do on a, on a daily basis is, is helping um, our clients and, and brands really understand their customers better. And the way you do that, I mean, it's, it's a balancing act and it's about, some, I mean, a lot of the time people think it's about more data. Um, but it's not really about more data. It's more about the right data and pulling insights and, and intelligence from the areas that your, your consumers live. 
So really starting to understand, right, okay, which, which channels are they active of, which communities, which forums, which websites do they visit, and start pulling data from the right places. And then it's about sort of you, the last thing you want to do is then silo it. You want to try and put it together into one vision, one solution. Um, I don't know whether data lake is a bit of a um, one, of, one of those terms, but you want to create some sort of um, complete picture. And from there, you can really start to understand how, how people are thinking about your brand, how they view it, how they interact with it. And, and that's, that will, will help you, it, it shape more. I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think people, I'm probably going back to what I said earlier, but I think people are forgetting one, like the customer aspect of a brand and how important the, the customer is. I'm not saying the customer is always right because that's a terrible cliche, but it's, the customer is still has a voice in this and still should be a part of this and you should listen to them. They like some of the things they say are very good. They are very relevant. If they, if, if a part of your community is crying out for a certain flavor or a certain product or a certain innovation, then you should, you should be listening to that and, and reacting to that because that instantly gives you an opportunity to connect and provide a product that you you know your customers will already love. I feel this ties really well with another one of the trends that we really wanted to look at, and also shout out to Becca, my um, co-host for the weekly social media news, her favorite platform. So all the dear listeners will be like, we know, we know it's coming. Yes, it's TikTok. Mm-hmm. The reason why I wanted to jump onto this, which might sound a bit weird at first, is because this is obviously a belief from more of a user and obviously a marketer and a social media manager in, in my own rights. But I find that TikTok really showed to do this, even if more than customers, you're almost looking at audience and creators and users. I can see them having done that really well in the way that whether it's their features, whether it is the campaigns, whether it's even just the small tweaks and the messaging, you can see how is less about we should go after this. I'm not going to name and shame any other platforms, but we should go after this because that's what X, Y, and Z is doing. There's been a way of, for a reason or another, they cracked the code of the short video formats and they actually been able to listen to the customers more than maybe they were just trying to copy the competition. And again, I'm unbiased because I like TikTok. It's not my favorite because I like to use different platforms for different reasons. But I want to give it that. So when it comes to the customer conversation that we were having and listening to your people, I think from a platform perspective, they did it really well. Mm-hmm. That said, I would love to hear from you because obviously TikTok is another big trend in itself. Some of the things that we have learned that maybe we didn't already know, because I think it's like, yeah, some people might be like, yeah, of course, TikTok is going to be big. But I think there's more than we can learn about it and actually take into 2022 to make it even better. Yeah, I mean... I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands up. I'm not a TikToker, but it, you you just you can't you can't ignore it in in marketing. Not now. It, it is to to see how it's grown compared to some of the big players. I I never would have thought like a few years ago that we would start seeing someone that would that would come along and start competing or even threatening something like Facebook. But now. Here we are. 
And yeah, like you said, they've, they've, they've really cracked the code. They've really cracked the format. I, I don't think it's just that though. I, I think it's, it's really, really accessible. I think that's something that, that yeah, that, that the other brands need to sort of understand. It's like, you can, you can pick up your phone and you can, you can do um, a TikTok video in now, 30 seconds. We don't need like, I think like we, with something like YouTube, for example, there's more production value that's going into that. And you feel like you have to have a production value to, to compete. Whereas with TikTok, it can be very, very raw and very, very instant. So that, that was something that we, we yeah, I, th- I think that's one thing that stood out. I think the other thing is that, actually, t- sorry, two other things. Um, one of the things is that you can, because of this, this instancy, it means you can react so quickly. It doesn't, I mean, I mean, that's one of the criticals of social media, of marketing, is that you need to be hyper-relevant. You need to be connecting with the, the, the latest stories, the latest trends, like straight away. But it takes time to do, to, to, to for design work, for, again, for this high-quality video. Whereas with TikTok, you can, you can respond to a news story instantly. You can, you can be really engaged in this, this, whatever the situation is, you can get your opinion across, uh, you can. Um, there's no, there's no real taboos on there as well. So when there's people feel that there's a freedom to, to flag issues that they didn't maybe wouldn't have felt comfortable to highlight elsewhere. So that that's that's um, that's another aspect. And then the the third thing was the um, the interactiveness. So the uh, the way that you can, uh, I'd like one of the examples I is the, is it the Trollers song off the top of my head? The Wailing song, um, the one, but that just started off as one person doing it and then everyone wanted to copy it and replicate it. And, and then it's just because everyone has an ability to sort of take something and put their own twist on it and, and, and reimagine it and, and re-engage with it. And, and I think that is, it just opens up a whole nother level of creativity. Another one recently was the, the Micah song. Uh, I, I'm not sure what it's called, but it's, uh, but I've seen, I've seen so many different versions of it. And then Grace Kelly, uh, Grace Kelly. That's the one. Thank you. And um, yeah, you even, even you've got Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds doing a version. And, and again, it's, where which other platform do you see celebrities interacting as much because again it's it's easy to to pick up your phone and just jump in and be part of it and be 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 on on trend and and do join in with these sort of exciting things so would you say there is one thing or one trend or one change or one shift that you see would happen like from from the trends against and from the report as well that you see we will be experiencing in 2022 again as i said i think there's so much has happened but i i believe that tiktok again it might be pushing us and pushing the boat a bit more by leading by example in different ways so specifically around tiktok or specific like a bit broader uh, it depends if you think tiktok mm. is also gonna let you know if it's gonna be more I, the videos like short size videos i don't really know why we're going with that but yeah i think we are going to see more and more 
of the other social media platforms adapting. And I think that, yeah, I think we'll also see a lot more brands going on to TikTok. One of the weird things for us that we see a lot of is because of the the image recognition that we have, we see the the TikTok logo that they embed on on the watermark um, on all their videos. We see it appear everywhere now. And so there's this constant reuse of original TikToks and then they reappear on Twitter, they reappear on Facebook, they reappear on and then Instagram and so on and so on. And I think eventually, I think people will start to understand that it's this easy, accessible, snackable content is what people want. So I think the, from maybe from a marketing point of view, we're going to see much more sharper, quick, easy content. And that isn't about, like I said, it isn't about um, like high quality production, but it's just about grabbing your attention in that moment and, and just engaging with people. And it kind of goes back very interestingly to something we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, a couple of updates all related to uh, Spotify doing like planning to kind of play with vertical videos for a potential new discovery section, which obviously Spotify is as a social element, but obviously is streaming and music streaming. And then we have Pinterest has been working a lot on trying to figure out a way to create their own section that is literally going to be like a TikTok pretty much of just videos taking over the full screen for mobile. So as you said, you can really see the happening. I want to add my own speculation to that because why not? Because we had conversations around this with Rebecca, my co-host. I would even argue that you talked about the watermarks and I think that kind of, there's also an element of some of the content has been maybe like Instagram first, especially for videos. I find some brands have been, especially some organizations have struggled to think about it, TikTok first, a lot more that I'll write on Instagram, they have reels, I'm going to do that and maybe reuse them or reuse the concept. I personally going to put my clairvoyant hat on again and say that we might see more TikTok first as well, content. So it's not just the way of, as you said, rightfully, the type of content, but also people and brands going and focusing on TikTok first when it comes to strategy, which I think has been more of a niche um, way of thinking in the mm -hmm. past year has been better, but you still find that pretty much every brand is like, I need to be on Instagram. I think the conversation is going to be, oh, wait, got to be on TikTok, not just save my username for the next 20 years because God knows, but actually being active on it. Mm -hmm. We'll see, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I'd I'd like to see. Um, I also feel like with with the brand experience on TikTok as well, I see a lot of B two C. But I'd like to see what happens in the B two B area. There, I don't know. I've not I've not seen a really strong B two B example. Whether it will happen because of the the demographics of the platform, is it suitable for a B two B community? I don't know. I think I think. Maybe not yet, but I think maybe in the next couple of years, as as the, the market changes, I think yeah, I think we'll we'll start to see some some B two B marketing on there as well, which could be very interesting. One of the best examples, which is just a drop in the ocean, but I love that you mentioned that because one of my favorite examples was we covered it in one of our episodes. So I'll try and find it afterwards. But um, TikTok actually doing or allowing job application and encouraging that sort of thing. I think it was like the challenge and the hashtag and everything. So you could actually apply for jobs on TikTok. So as you say, B2B, I think is still 
to be refined and it's almost an element of what side of the b2b you want to show um because obviously that's the thing is just you know that kind of aligns with the app but i found very interesting where there was this kind of campaign about job applications on tiktok i was like this is interesting so i agree it's going to be really interesting to see where it leads and now there's one more and it's kind of funny because when this trend that i want to the last one that i really want to go under the microscope with happened and i read it i read it and we talked about it and we discussed it but between you and i dan and all of our lovely listeners i thought yeah cool yeah the metaverse meta cool mm, i can see it and then but i was still you know the, the the report came out a couple of months ago and then three weeks after that when i was like yeah okay it wasn't my main focus i'll put my hand up and say i saw it but i thought eh. And then Meta happened, which means now every single time I say Meta, I'm thinking like I'm talking about Facebook, which is really bothering me. But literally three weeks after that happened, I was like, God damn it. God damn it. So I want to talk about this because it's super relevant. But I just love that it, you literally had the clairvoyant hat on that one. You were like, mm-hmm. We can see it around it. And seeing a social platform or the, the mama social platform taking that stance and actually really jumping into the metaverse, I think it was a great intent of, this is really going to change the game. But I think it's almost more exciting because we're very much at the early stages. And I think I've, even as marketers, we're like, eh, what are we supposed to do with this? So please tell us more. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, th I think Facebook have done a very good job of bringing the metaverse to the forefront. Um, but it isn't It isn't new-new. It's, it's something that we've seen for a little while. Uh, I think... The biggest example that I could think of in the recent years was Fortnite when they introduced their sort of their community area of the game. So I think one of the examples they did was they launched um, trailers so people could enter the game and then watch the, I think it was the trailer for Tenet, um, which I still not seen. And they can, they could interact with people within the, the game area. And that, that that's what, Facebook Meta are going to be doing, but expanding it, and it it does seem. I mean, I can I can see why because if you look at the how we do things at the moment, everything's quite decompartmentalized. It's like we've got um, so it's like okay, we've got Netflix for films, and then we've got your your PlayStation for gaming, and then we we chat on WhatsApp, and then we do this on this, and so our online experience, even if it, even though it's through maybe the one device, even if it's just your phone, you're still going into different areas and, and, and different apps to do all these things. And what, what the benefit is, is that they want to bring everyone into one space and one, one area where you can do everything. And, and, and then you've also got the, the excitement of the, the VR on top of that and AR as well. And so it's really interesting how it's going to affect brands. One of the things I've seen coming through already, and I think that it's going to, it's similar to sort of all the buzz that we're getting about NFTs as well, is about digital assets and how brands can, um, I've even I've already started seeing that there are ways that brands can create and sell digital assets within the game. I Oh, literally, literally just this morning, not, not related to metaverse, but again, going back to NFTs. And I think someone sold 
a uh, I think it was like a it looked like a picture of a boat it was a pixelated boat and it went for six figures so it it's it's like I think that's going to really really shake things up when when people are suddenly going well actually we're not selling physical items anymore we're we're selling that there's an interest in in digital items even I mean we're even seeing that to some extent in the gaming sort of area when people are paying money for like skins um and uh, there was I feel like there was a lot of controversy at one point for like paying for prize chests and that type of thing um but now I I, I can honestly see that really really shaking things up and saying and and there's gonna I I I mean if it's if, when knowing what meta is like there will be a lot of opportunities for brands to be part of it. There will be digital um, space for them to occupy and to be part of this world and to to have a brand input, whether it is even if it is skins, if it is items, if it is um, digital marketing space. And it's that is going to be an interesting experience, I think. We're like... It'll be, I mean, the good thing is it'll be digital, so it'll be much more monitorable. So you'll be able to look at like how in people are interacting, how people are engaging with, with the things, how many people definitely viewed things. You, you can't do that with a billboard. And I think that we'll, we'll see a lot of that, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be the same conversation, jumping back to TikTok, it's going to be, when do you jump on? When do you become part of this? Are you going to be one of the first? And some of the people that were first on TikTok, we, we saw had huge success. Or are you going to wait to see how it plays out? Because, okay, we've got, we know that's what Meta is doing, but we've also, all the major players are working on this at the moment. Are we going to end up with one Metaverse, which is the, the, the ultimate concept? Or are we going to end up with multiple Metaverses? Which one's going to be, which one's going to win? Which one? And and how do you how do you work that one out as a brand? It, it's going to be it's going to be a heck of a challenge for people. And one more question about this because I know that like there might be some smaller brands that or founders or marketers even that listen to this and they're like, as you say, when do we jump on? But also, this is me being very like blunt. Hmm. Can we jump on? You know, it's like is is that going to be a space now, or is it just a case of like? taking time to democratize, you know, we mentioned before examples of trying to democratize the space and the customers taking that ownership of like things, as you say, even just like stocks from GameStop. And so that, that would be my controversial question with the controversial hat on is, is there a space for them right now? Or is it something that needs to be built from what you see things happening? Because I can see the bigger brands being able to see that for themselves and having the capital and the resources. And I think that what some people might be thinking is that, is it for me? I think I, I'm, I'm going to give a, a bit of a, a cop-out answer, but I, I think it's, I, you, it depends what your customers are doing. If, they, if they're, they're going to be part of this, if, they, if it's going to be central to their lives and you can already see it part of your, your customers' conversations, then yes, get in there as quick as you can, be part of that and, and be part of the movement. If for some brands, this isn't going to affect them. This isn't, their customers are not going to be 
interested in the metaverse. I, I don't want to say anything that, about any specific um, age range, but some maybe the brands that are targeted less technical savvy consumers, they don't need to be part of this because they, if their audience doesn't understand it and doesn't get it, then they don't need to uh, either. I'm going to use my mum as an example. I, I will never be able to explain metaverse to my mum. Um, so anyone that specifically targets her as a persona, there's 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 no point. There's uh, so it's really, yeah. Take your take your customer as your lead on that. I want to finish off with a sprinkle, mm -hmm. uh, behind the scenes sprinkle. So that could be from any of the trends. Maybe if there's something from a specific trend, maybe just remind us which one it is, unless it's one of those we already talked about. But are there some really cool either stats or facts or things that you learned behind the scenes, especially as compiling a report? I think there's a misunderstanding that what happens is just magically like loads of people send quotes, which we did, we shared our opinion, and then everything happens. But there is so much from ideas to campaigns to brands. So I don't know, is there like two or three things that really jumped out at you that you really found interesting that maybe even our listeners will be surprised about? I think, like I was saying, the this big consumer-led disruption, I think, is is one of the things that has, has really jumped out. And I, as I've sort of followed up the report over the last few months, we can still see that coming through more and more. And like one thing I've, I've been noticing a lot of is the anti-work movement. And I think we are seeing a lot of disruption there. And it, it's it's quite new. It's quite interesting. But in the, I mean, over, I, I did a, a quick search the other day and we were looking at this 276,000 mentions in the last three months. So what's that nearly, that's a quarter of a million mentions in three months of anti-work and already we can see the impact that's having maybe not as much in the UK, the US I'm seeing a lot more of, of questions there. And it's, it again ties back to the importance and uh, of these big social stories that to consumers and to, to the populace that, that, that they want a better life. They want a more sustainability. They want equality. They want, fair wages and and th that's what's really really key now and I, I i think we could see that more and more th this this consumer-led story going connecting to the consumers and trying to to do that i think we're going to also see and again this is sort of this is sort of research we did outside of the report but it was i think we're going to see brands trying to bring back the water cooler moment. I don't, I, I, I'm starting to see it in certain areas, but I think it's something we've, we've lost, especially with, with um, lockdown and working from home and even the way we consume content because binge watching killed the water cooler moment. You, you, no one's watching the same thing or experiencing the same print product at the same time so it's hard to create these sort of stories uh so i think we'll see this sort of change sort of various different types of brands as well I, I think we'll start to see some of the streaming companies change their delivery model so i've noticed that we're getting 
um, rather than them just launching, here's your series, off you go. We're getting them split up more. We're getting individual episodes released separately. And I think that's going to, to have an impact there. And I think we're going to see brands really trying to find, I think it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a balancing act because they're going to want to look at these very long-term, big trends. But I think they're also going to be trying to think of these really, really little short-term trends, these fads, and they're going to be trying to connect with them. And it's going to be a bit of a battle to try and fight, go, right, what's, what's going to be the next thing that's big enough to create a stir, but not that big? Uh, sorry, no, sorry, not that small. Uh, big enough to make a stir, but not, but yeah, not, not, not too small that it's, it's, it's obsolete. But it's and it's, it's, it's trying to find that balance of, of. Uh, I don't think I explained that very well, but it's, it's basically trying to find that, that trend that people are. It's big enough that people are talking about it on a longer term. It's not just going to be a flash in the pan one day thing, which we see a lot of. But it's not going to be one of those big global, big stories like like sustainability, and it's it's finding the middle line there. And one like one example of that I noticed recently was uh, Squid Games. Everyone suddenly got on board of that. You, I don't think you would have seen the reaction to that coming. That it was um, I I want to say it was South Korean. That it originated from and then suddenly everyone's talking about it we saw i've got some numbers uh 26 000 mentions of squid games in the uk in the last three months and then that was that was impacting like fashion trends that was impacting uh, it, was, it was huge for for halloween 2020 meme culture is i mean that's a that's a whole new entity in itself but but when like the memes that came off the back of Squid Game as well, it's 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 really interesting how brands are going to try and find these slightly more relevant um, sort of buzzing conversations and and trying to find the right mark of like right is this going to last a little bit longer? Is it going to be dead by tomorrow? And that that's going to be a, a big driver, I think, in 2022 as well. You gave us a really good example with Squid Games, I think. I put it really in perspective. As you said, it's not just, it happens one day. I think the one day sort of example that I'm going to bring, because it happened was, um, if you were on social, you might have seen it, the red flag. And there was yeah. for like two or three days, everybody was, po- we even did it, everybody posted their red flags. And again, it's it's nice to be honest, sometimes it's a good relief. It gives you mm-hmm. something content-wise to actually push. And it was it was fun for different people to have different takes on it. And it kind of reminds you that these do happen. And as you say, there's been a stark difference between very small, little, again, meme-worthy, snack-worthy kind of trends. And then you have the big conversations. And I agree with you. I think it could be also, probably is also a case of the global situation that we've been living in for almost 18 months. It was very natural for us to fall on one or the other because collectively we were all on the same boat with a lot of things. And that really brought up like very interesting conversation. And then some people needed to switch off a bit. And so they wanted the small little things. And I agree with you, I think is for brands being aware that now some things become topical and they have a longer shelf life, even if it's not necessarily going to go on forever and how to align yourself with it. And I see brands doing that really well. And I think it's 
something that I love that you brought out because it's something definitely to bear in mind as well. Mm-hmm. So thank you. You give us so much. And I'm sure that everybody's starting the year being like, I'm going to be ahead of everybody else. Thanks to Dan. So thank you, Dan. And thank you to Walker. Obviously, um, as a reminder, you can get the report. Obviously, you can Google it or you can be even better and be like, I'm so excited. I haven't got it yet. So you just go into the show notes and click on uh, the link that we have. If not, I will tell you actually what our link is because we shortened it up a bit for all the fast typers in the world. If you go to bit.ly and you do TalkWalker22 report, you will be able also to access it. That is a bit of a short link that gets you that. But obviously, you're listening to this, just go into our show notes and you will be able to access it as well. Thank you so, so much, Dan, for being with us. It was a pleasure to have you. Cool. Thank you very much. No, it's been really enjoyable. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spend the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.